the uh, theme for the afternoon talk is uh, Mind the Gap, End the Gap. Um, in the initial part of the, the talk with you this afternoon, I would like to uh, speak for a few minutes about some of the key uh, concepts which we are using here, give some general uh, outline of their meaning and application. The uh, three or four uh, words which I had in mind, one is mindfulness, the second is concentration, the third is meditation, and the fourth is uh, thought. With uh, uh, mindfulness, we have this remarkable ca capacity to bring some energy to consciousness and when there is some presence of that and other factors as well it enables us to be mindful of we could say in metaphorical language we shed light upon and in this shedding light upon looking at here, of course, it's the breath and the body. In shedding light upon and looking at, in that relationship of the subject, the one who looks and the uh, object, it provides the potential to see more than what is initially apparent. Do you understand? I bring mindfulness to the object. I take an interest in it. I bring light to it, so to speak, and it will begin to reveal more than what I first notice. If you are out in the garden, you go to a plant, a flower, and you just sit and you quietly bring your attention to that flower, that flower will reveal more. It will reveal more of itself. You will see more of the flower, the colour, the shape, the leaves. You will see the flower in relationship to the earth. You will have a sense of the flower and its roots beneath the, uh, the earth. And see more beauty and form and colour <coughs> within the flower. It will remind you of the ecology of life, its interconnectedness with the earth importance for the for the bees and for uh, the butterflies and uh, birds and other insects so mindfulness is the ability to bring our attention to an object look carefully at that and to see what can be revealed through with the application of that mindfulness when it begins to develop there, then the language just changes a little bit and there is more concentration upon. There is meditation upon, and I'll, make, I'll speak about that in a moment or two. It is not the teaching of mindfulness to just to be in the present moment as much as possible or all the time. That is it's too, too limited. So what that means is there are times, both here 
and elsewhere where there may be a memory which arises. And the mindfulness, if there is some foundation of calmness and clarity, may just turn its attention to the memory. That uh, uh, memory which is standing out, if it's coming from a calm, clear place, therefore mindfulness is quietly turning attention, you will be able to see the memory. Recognize a little bit more of the circumstances. But if in that turning of the attention to the memory, there is agitation and eruption there, that agitation and eruption will disturb and prevent the ability to see the memory. What you will actually see is your view about it, the unhappiness about it, the agitation about it, the disappointment about it, if it is a painful memory. And in a similar way, in our mindfulness practice, if we turn the attention to the memory and a happy and joyful memory arises, and we'll speak more detail about that tomorrow uh, with you, uh, to recognize the preciousness uh, of that, not to bring a lot of thought into it and try to add it and build it up to more than what it was, and to recognize human beings have this wonderful and precious capacity for mindfulness, to go to memory, to see quietly what was there, perhaps recognize and learn something uh, uh, from that, or just simply appreciate it and recognize it without anything coming out of the being which is agitating it by inflating it or reacting to it or getting agitated about it. So we give plenty of care and attention in our practice to mindfulness, shedding light on the moment, but we're not excluding the two other fields of time, which is past and future. Similarly, with regard to uh, the future, we are engaged in the meditations, sitting, walking, standing and reclining, and in that engagement in it, we may well have some thoughts about the future. Sometimes the thought about the future may show itself for us in a simple planning. I would like to do this, I would like uh, uh, to do that. The actuality of it is valid if it's clearly in relationship to the present. There, it's not a a fantasy. And And whatever the event which you have some thought about in the future it is genuinely close to the present because life is a constant activity which constantly interrupts the best plans. Do not imagine in the gap between the present and the future you or I can sustain the intention because there is a reasonably high possibility that the gap will, if it's a big gap, in time for the moment, it will get broken. And then you're going to feel disappointed 
created this great idea, this great plan, this great hope, this great optimism with regard to the future, and then you wonder why you feel disappointed, why you've let yourself down, and maybe others as well. One forgot to mind the gap. So the relationship to the present of the future, but similarly, the same principle is with regard to the past. We should not think that because we go into the past, days, weeks, months, years and decades, that we are remembering actually and really what happened. Do not be so conceited to think one knows exactly what happened. It is not easy to be able to know very carefully and precisely what was really old and long childhood, babyhood, teenage life or whatever and all the description that may go along with it trauma being the most commonly used word uh, these days and a, a few others and what <coughs> happens if we are not minding the gap this, the gap in time going back a long way we may imagine we may think we know what's going on or what did happen but actually the imagination and the thought either to underestimate it or exaggerate it either direction that that reaction of the imagination entering into the past and we actually think we are looking at the past we're not we're looking at the imagination and the thought and the concept about it it is no easy matter to bridge the gap it is no easy matter to have a steadiness in life from present into the future and be extremely clear about our relationship to gaps in this case called past and future and in that relationship two gaps there be very careful because there can be a crash you fall down the gap sometimes the memory sometimes the conditioned habit with regard to the past of the way of looking at it not sometimes often the way of looking at one's past can be a much greater problem and issue than the event. The way of looking at the future can be a much greater problem than the event. Even here some of you know, oh I can't, I won't last seven days, I've never gone seven days not speaking to people. I, I can't sit more than five minutes cross-legged. I hate vegan food. Uh, I've never been up at six o'clock in the morning in my life. Uh, I won't last ten minutes. This is all fears of the future before coming for some people. I hear the stories. We all hear the stories. And sometimes the arrival, and as the teacher was talking uh, earlier today, sometimes there is this real shift not for everybody of course of settling in 
the projections about what it will be like hopes and fears and one settles in and thinks what the hell was all that fantasy and projection and imagination about before arriving here it's just a small group of people people here sitting on their ass being silent what's the fuss about so that if that applies in just coming on a retreat if that applies from the present to the future as one example here I'm saying mind the gap there are aspects in this case called past, present, future here primarily of course with the present the sustaining of the mindfulness brings the samadhi and sam means coming together d is on the particular so our quiet ability in a relaxed way to be mindful of and stay quietly with the object in this case called breath or body is a factor towards keeping concentrated on and in a relaxed way mindful in a relaxed way it is truly meditative it is meditating on mindfulness with calmness and concentration there is a meditation on life and breathing a meditation on experiencing of the body a meditation there on relaxing the whole body it is a meditation upon and this meditating upon there places us directly in touch with the experience as mentioned to yesterday without the image and there is this bare experience but it goes further than that because in the relationship to life human beings need something in life, some things, shall we say, in life which are truly worth concentrating on. And if I am, as a human being, willing to explore this life and to ask myself deeply what in life is worth concentrating on. And therefore I will need the mindfulness I will need to be a conscious human being I will need to have a priority this is worth concentrating on whatever it might be and I'll need the mindfulness the interest, the curiosity and the development of concentration that's the sustaining of mindfulness which makes us concentrated and to see what in life is worth concentrating on surely it would be worth finding out so when we look at the breath and we look at the experience of things it's the the preparation therefore it has a symbolic significance It it is a preparation for other areas of life to stay steady with give a small 
a very small example of showing off or anything like that that I'm a small servant of the Dharma this is what I do and when I was a monk people Westerners and uh, others who the first year or two it was bliss because in the monastery um, I was the only uh, Westerner and I was very happy not to be in the company of the Westerners and I could have a nice silent life because I didn't have to talk Thai because I didn't learn the language uh, and just a translator then after a period I disrobed so then I became a lame person and then people say to when I was a monk oh you're so lucky you can practice as long as you wish you're a monk you get really looked after in your monastery in the south of Thailand and then I disrobed oh you're so lucky Christopher you're, you're a single man you haven't got a relationship you haven't got all the, all the intensity which it doesn't have anyway uh, of being in a relationship yeah. and then I got into a relationship oh Christopher you're so lucky you're in a uh, relationship <laughs> and you and her uh, uh, in a relationship and you're both Dharma teachers and, and it's so much easier for you and I got into a relationship with a person who wasn't in it oh you're so lucky you can live your independent life etc and then my partner got pregnant uh, yeah. so then I, then I had a, a, a child oh you're so lucky you're in a good relationship and you've got a partner looking after each other and then the partner left because she needed some space yeah. so then I'm a single parent or a co-parent like that so how, I'm using it as an example how easy it is to keep viewing the other you're so lucky, you're so lucky, you're so lucky. there's no such thing in luck in, the, in this world luck has no truth to it the point being here yeah, sometimes in life some things servant of the Dharma are worth concentrating on quietly and purpose, uh, purposefully despite being a monk despite being a single man despite being in relationships despite being parents in the same ho household in spite being a single parent despite being a, a grandfather or a daughter a single mum with four kids etc some things in life are staying worth staying steady and true with while still living the rest of one's life but one's concentrated on something same question what in life is worth concentrating on and it will mean it will mean sacrifice it will mean letting go people say to me oh it's another one oh Christopher you're so lucky you come to Israel you go to Palestine you go to India you go to Australia, what kind of place they go? Germany, and the, 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 oh, what, what a lovely, wonderful life! Try living it. <laughs> Try living it without getting on a, a train to go to the continent or a plane. And the longest time I've been at home in England since 1977 is 11 weeks. Try living a life where you, where you're going from one place to. Uh, 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 to uh, another not to holiday but to listen day in and day out to a lot of suffering 
It's a quiet concentration, dedication there, and people ask me and they ask me even more these days, are you going to retire, Christopher? Death. It's going to be one long rest, I promise you. And if it's not death, then one or two things other one of two other things will happen or simultaneously. Either the mind will go or the body will deteriorate. Maybe one, two or death. That will do the stopping. But only not to show off, statement of fact, quietly staying steady and true to something, despite all those things that we have to deal with in the daily uh, daily life. And I do say, in being here, the mindfulness practices, recognizing it has a wonderful application to the past, near past is better, because it's less of a gap in time, wonderful application to the present, and the wonderful application to the future, and nearer to the present, because it's more likely we can follow through with it. So we use our grounding principle, as you've been hearing from the good teachers while here, for the steadiness there, not only for the present, so we can quietly turn when we need to, to and make our life, if I may say, as I said earlier, mindfulness concentration, but in many ways rather meditative. Yeah. And there's much to be to quietly meditate on. And our arts and music and poetry is not just to have some exciting sensations there. It is to meditate on, to see what touches us, to see what nourishes us so we can stay quietly focused through this experience of life. In so the <coughs> water with some leaf in it. The staff really look after us. We should have been around our place earlier on. Chocolate, biscuits. <laughs> Christmas comes early in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you some stories about visits to Israel. Goodness me. Okay. However, it's not the subject of the cover. <laughs> Despite the madness of those people in the Knesset, <laughs> do not ask me about them. Um, but uh, the, the, the delights and the sweetnesses and the joys of uh, uh, coming here and the, the very good s- spirit and it's, mu- I say this I know I'm not supposed to compare but it's much easier to speak um, firmly and directly uh, here in Israel than it is in California not easy, I, I went to California for 25 years I mean, I'm given enough retreats there it's not an easy place for freedom of speech. That's my, my. So sometimes it's like, with the talk yesterday, you know, a 15 minute rant. 
and protest that human behaviour okay? what would have happened when uh, I did those kind of things in California there would be notes up on the board I haven't come here to get a lecture from you Englishman <laughs> I've only come here to learn some relaxation and then people would come there rather, you know, rather a lot of rich people in California tragic really and well, so a lot of these do you know, SUVs and these vehicles they're rather large they're called SUVs Jeeves and bigger big bigger bigger vehicles and there were quite a lot in the car park I could, I could see them and I said I trust you all know what SUV stands for it stands for simply useless vehicle <laughs> more notes <laughs> etc but here there's a kind of I like the spirit of being able to like yesterday not a single note <laughs> could be disappointing in another way you know they're not interested <laughs> alright we'll get back to the thing for a moment so we apply the mindfulness factors we look at we, we develop the mindfulness it, we get more concentrated but we're not just, not just mindful and, no, mindfulness and concentration we're also being, we're, it's a meditation we meditate on, on, on things uh, there and as a theme with the talk with you is please please mind the gap and one gap which I want to take a few minutes and touched upon uh, with a handful of you in the small group today, today is there is something which I want in life there and therefore here I am as the human being and there is that which I want and perhaps that which I want it has a name to it whatever word or words uh, that you give so there is a gap I am here, I want to be there whatever that might be and I experience the gap in that gap the primary intention with the gap clearly is to bridge the gap I wish to end this gap between where I am and where I would like to be how or how I would like to be or whatever that might be uh, about us normal human being what is important is what is it that I've got in my mind here and especially as, a, as in, in the other world would say what am I bringing to the table and what that means is what is it inside of me which I am bringing into the gap to bridge the gap understand if I just have I want this and inside of me there's a lot of um, wanting, neediness craving, demanding, expectation uh, and pressure inside of me that will enter into the gap and that entering into the gap will place pressure on myself and pressure on the others and, pre and more pressure on getting what I want and the outcome of that will be views of success and failure we do not have to live this life with any notion of success and failure. It is a socially constructed phenomena. 
It's been determined before we were even born. So can I have a relationship to events, to the other, recognizing there is a gap, look, this is the question, and looking in the movement without the concept even of success and failure. And therefore in the being and in the response of, of being there is an interest there may be a quiet yearning which is different de desiring and wanting and finding the appropriate skills and knowledge and kindnesses of the other and in myself to contribute to bridging the gap I have to be rather patient with these things and the question is what is your priority in life and if it's authentic and it's beautiful and it's deep you will not live without it if I'm quite clear about the priority with one's life and it is authentic it won't just come and go as a nice idea in your mindfulness practices or in your conversations with another that which is deep and authentic will have a quiet staying power and we may be in this time in our life in the position to say what is the priority in life and if one doesn't know one needs to be careful of not getting into a lot of chatter, thinking, 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 thinking because the answer, the response will not come from the thinking it can't the thinking is a product of history the th nearly all the thoughts that we have we've had them a thousand times so the thought, the, rela the, the relationship is as the tradition will sometimes say is to look at and see what is original what is something new so I sit and I meditate I do the, the practices quietly engage in an invitation in this case what is the priority I'm willing to live with the gap I'm willing to explore ways of bridging that gap mindfully, meditatively with concentration with the good will and counsel sometimes you probably most of you have heard of Rumi the great Muslim poet in Europe the most loved poet of the last two or three decades his books with various translations more of his books of poetry have been sold than any other poet. Coleman Barks, who is probably the foremost best-known translator, and one of the well-known one-lines uh, in, the, in the translation of Coleman Barks is, there are 100 ways to kiss the earth. But, which is you know, rather beautiful and it's a meditation uh, upon 
But Rumi is a devout Muslim. The original Arabic is there are a hundred ways to kneel in the mosque. That's the original. And sometimes our temple, to use a religious metaphor, the roof of our temple is the sky and the floor of our temple is the earth and the mountains and the trees are the pillars and we're in this vast, wonderful temple of life and in this temple of life it's rich with what it can offer us and we have this extraordinary capacity of mindfulness, concentration, meditation as human beings to see into this field and to see what touches us and yet man came to Rumi and he said to Rumi I have a very deep longing and then he said to Rumi I have a very deep longing for God to be with God and some of you here the, the, the G-O-D word is easy and comfortable for you the Buddha used the word God Brahma many many times with great appreciation and acknowledgement uh, there and others of may the word is not your cup of tea not necessary to use it there may be another word or, or no word but all in your good hearts and minds here so he says yearning is beautiful the spiritual yearning is very very beautiful in the human I just yearning to be with God but then he said but I don't know if there is God even though I have the yearning Rumi please help me and Rumi beautifully clearly said your yearning is the proof of God you could meditate on this for a decade <laughs> there's something beautiful with the human being that though we have a gap in this case the devotee the yearning to be with God or truth or the reality or the infinite or the unconditioned or nirvana or though we, have, we may not know and we don't have to know if there is but in the quietness of the being and we see these expressions of life there though there may be the object God, truth, reality Dharma, creativity love, compassion whatever may appeal to us in the movement of the life it's important everything confirms everything else life is so interconnected so deeply interconnected nothing whatsoever could be separated from anything else there's no gap there is no gap 
there never was a gap it's a human fiction and our distress and our anger and our fear and our blame and our anxiety has as an underlying aspect to it a belief in a gap a gap between us a gap in ourselves a gap with life a gap with an object but there isn't one it can't be seen there's no evidence for a gap extraordinary and there never has been everything is interconnected it is interrelated it is dependently arising it is extraordinary and when we know that and we know it well because we're mindful of it we've concentrated on it we've meditated on it we've looked at it from here to there from yesterday to today, from today to tomorrow. We've looked in every area and everything that we can do, we keep revealing this extraordinary web of the interconnectedness of everything. Whew. Does that change our view? Does that give us a extraordinary, fresh way of looking at life and the great web of it? Ajahn Dhammadharamaya, we pass in our teacher. We sit in the Dharma Hall and sit on the th- it's called the throne. Throne, you know, two words, two meanings in English. It's what the Queen sits on and what we sit on when we're in the toilet. <laughs> same, it's same event, really. <laughs> you can y- look at this either way, I don't care. So Ajahn Dhammadaro, Dharma, Daro, power, the teacher with the power of the Dharma. My name's rather amusing. I, I was Pra Kitty Supo. And that's a pronoun, he's a thorough read in the Pali language and a very lovely friend and uh, a consultant for me. Kitty means reputation. Supo means beautiful. So it is. It literally means the monk with a beautiful reputation. Try walking around with that name for a few years. <laughs> Dear, what a life. So Ajahn Dhammadaro Sometimes he would sit and give talks, short and long in the length. And he would say, when we move our hand, and he did a very soft gesture, he said, when we move our hand, just very gently, it affects everything else. It has to. And affects everything else right to the furthest stars I 
shouldn't underestimate the quiet power of the vibrations and the waves of life and the way they, the way they extend out because there's no gaps so it has to keep infinitely extending itself in remarkable ways and it's these small gestures of life which reveal to us the, the wonder of it all the extraordinariness of it all and it would be a pity if somehow or other we kind of got lost in the gap constantly this is like this and I only want it to be like that and this was like this and, and just living in that way that's why we need our singers we need our artists we need our poets we need our spiritual uh, teachers we need our being we need the nature we need the sky above and the earth below and much much more we need the literature we need the dance we need all of that which keeps reminding us that we can know a way of life which essentially is one of the ending of the gap and what's rather beautiful in all of this of the realisation and the liberation and the awakening of all of this life is so beautiful it can still allow for the perception of the gap that is beautiful it still allows for it I can still as a human being say to myself as I do I'm really interested in this it might be an area of reflection and research and study um, really interested in going to this place or this whatever it might be and there, there is a gap I'm really interested in bringing about some changes for the welfare of oneself or others we can experience the gap we can know the gap be respectful of it and in that respectfulness uh, of it we can explore it there's not an inherent problem in the gap the problem comes is what we put into it we can live a life of extraordinary interconnectedness know it is deeply shared and acknowledge the gap doesn't get better than that every moment confirms it it's not a romantic truth <coughs> not a romantic idea this is how it is let's have a quiet minute together shall we?
May all beings mind the gap. May all beings explore the vast web of interconnectedness. May all beings stay awake. Thank you for uh, lending an ear. <coughs> Time now is around uh, 4.40. Some, uh, some of you are walking time. Uh, this time, stretch the legs until uh, 5 o'clock. And you may wish to come and engage in the standing meditation in here from 5 to 5.30. And uh, for others, uh, uh, time for some uh, one-to-ones. And then the food, of course, at 5.30. And groups. And groups as well. And there are also some groups as well at this time. Thank you. Thank you.